TV corner. Hey guys, we're back with another episode of Lovecraft Country. This week we're peeling back the layers with episode 5 titled Strange Case. With me I have Alex returning. Hello. Yeah, so after Ruby spends the night with William, she wakes up transfigured into the body of a white woman. And to note, not just any random white woman, it's the same woman uh, who is a trainer, dog trainer from Artem, um, who we know died. So it appears to be that the person you're going to transform into has to have died already. But we'll touch back on that later. The transformation itself, it's a gruesome, gruesome, oh my god, ugh. The transformation itself is a grotesque process, but Ruby admittedly enjoys the privileges that being a white woman affords her, and soon she's confidently walking the streets as Hilary Davenport. Aside from free ice cream and public acts of courtesy, Ruby also uses her white facade to instantly land a job as an assistant manager at Marshall Fields, even though she used the same resume as before. And to note, she wasn't just hired, she was like made assistant manager immediately. Well, speaking of transformations, Atticus's father, Montrose, is kicked out of the house when Atticus realizes that he murdered the siren and destroyed the pages from the Book of Adam. He then runs into the arm of his secret lover, Sammy, who coaxes him out of the closet. Uh, it's nice to see Montrose become empowered um, and embrace his sexuality. And speaking of empowerment, I'm really hitting these segues today. Crushing uh, <laughs> it. Speaking of empowerment, Ruby learns that the only reason Tamara got her job was because their boss wanted to take advantage of her. Uh, when he tries to unsuccessfully force himself on Tamara, he immediately calls her a racial slur and then later tells Hillary that he wants to let her go. Unwilling to let this misdeed go unpunished, Ruby uses her Hillary disguise to seduce her boss and then brutally sodomizes him as she returns to her original form. In her own words, she wanted to make sure he knew a black woman had done this to him. Though, I feel like he might have just been confused, but who knows. But in the most obvious twist of the century, we discover that Christina Braithwaite is in fact William. Uh, Alex, you called that out last week. And now that the cat's out of the bag, or the she is out of the he, what do we think this will mean for Ruby and William's arrangement? Tamara um, is like a like a saleswoman on the floor at Marshall Fields, in case people don't remember from a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, uh, I guess for the this, let's just jump right into sort of like Ruby's storyline, because this is a very Ruby-centric episode. Um, we know last week that she was really upset because she wanted that, Marshall's field, that Marshall Fields job, and Tamara got it before her. Um, and we see that, you know, the grass isn't always greener in this case. Oh, uh, it's just, I was going to say it's weird because um, I don't exactly know, like, what Ruby expects the, like, horrible people that work there to be like. But she, ex- like, all the horrible white people, she, like, um, tries to, like, take them out to the south side to hang out. And she um, she keeps, like, criticizing uh, Tamara. It seemed like Ruby was pretty world weary and wise and I was just sort of surprised that she was surprised that these people were horrible people except for Tamara (laughs) yeah yeah I think I mean I think getting into episode five of this show like I think that we've already I mean I don't want to say that it's not important to like really shed the light on like how entrenched racism is within like the daily lives of all these people but to your point like Ruby 
acting surprised that like her, her fellow, I guess fellow white coworkers were like racist and terrible to Tamara. Like, I don't know why she, to your point, like felt surprised. It seemed like that'd be a pretty obvious way for them to feel. The surprising thing would have been like if they did anything else. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what do you what do you think about overall the entire transformation itself and like what that says about like what the black versus white experience is? Because I really like the way they showed it at the beginning when Ruby first wakes up and realizes she's like in this new skin, you know, sort of like she's running around the South Side as like the sort of deranged white woman. But generally all these people are like concerned for her and then the cops immediately show up to defend her even when she's like not even in trouble or, you know, in need of help. Yeah, I thought it was that was an interesting choice. I thought it was um, the physical transformation was really well done. It's super gross. Um, they have her sort of shed her skin um, and bone. It looks like 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 sort of like a like a moth or a butterfly or something. Yeah. It's so, like she sort of like comes out of like a larval state every time. Um, but yeah, instead of just like literally just shedding skin, it's like a gross, uncomfortable, gory process. So that was kind of well done it looks like it was mostly digital and then they have some like you know bloody viscera uh post transformation that like either actress sort of throws off of her but yeah um it was interesting and then of course they they bring it back at the end with that transformation from uh with that transformation from william into christina i really enjoyed the body horror in this episode um very obviously like american werewolf in london which really like broke the mold at the time um, what I, I, I do love the transformation. It reminds me also of, uh, like the Polyjuice potion in Harry Potter, like where it's like sort of on a time limit. Um, but the one thing I don't, I, I feel the only thing I will say is that it's just kind of impractical to happen every time. Just like for the sake of like, I mean, I guess this is magic and those are the rules, but I just feel like from a, a standpoint of this being a thing you want to do regularly and get away with it, it just, it. Like, how is Christina slash William, like, doing this on a, on a regular basis? Like, seemingly twice a day. And where's the blood going? You know, where's all the, the mess? So that's the only thing that kind, that kind of bothered me about this, just, like, the practicality of the whole situation. But I do agree. It looked super sick. And I loved um, when Hillary first gets that job and she goes into the elevator as she's, like, you know, rushing out because she's transforming. And, like, that was, like, a really cool... Um, shot of that happening. Also, her transforming in the alley at the Chicago bar. Yeah, that was cool. And then the thing that so she like at one point she throws away the potion or whatever that helps her transform. Uh, but then she just has more of it at William's <laughs> house. So. Yeah, I mean, were you surprised that I mean, obviously the show's got a show, but do you did you were you surprised that like Ruby decided to like keep transforming into Hillary? I was, yeah, I just, I kind of like, um, let me look up the actress's name, uh, I'm gonna, sorry if I butchered the pronunciation, um, to this actress, if she would ever listen to this, but Wunmi, uh, Mosaku, uh, who plays Ruby in her, uh, normal skin, like, um, I just thought, like, I just like her, and I just wanted to see more of her, so I was kind of annoyed when she goes away, but, like, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, you know, the, uh, Hillary Davenport thing is it's like a serious version a serious sci-fi not the serious fantastic horror version of 
that Eddie Murphy sketch when Eddie Murphy goes undercover as a white guy for Saturday Night Live. Or white chicks. Or yeah, or white chicks. I've never <laughs> seen white chicks, but I do want to. What? I mean, I think I think at this point it's part of the like like the Criterion collection. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I do, I agree. I I really wanted to see more of Ruby because I feel like we you know overall we don't get a lot of her and then even in her own episode like we don't get that much of her i mean yeah i i wonder if we're gonna see more of her transforming in the future and what do you think this now that we know like you know why william slash christina needed her in the first place to get revenge on like the sheriff but do you think that like ruby's gonna stay in cahoots with them i mean especially because like she has to know that, like, Atticus and Letty are, like, very against Christina. Yeah, it's a little confusing to me. Like, I don't understand. I feel like it didn't have to be Ruby. Um, but it is where this Ruby, because Ruby has, you know, she's Letty's half-sister and Letty is girlfriend of Oh, that's a great point. Christina's like, in cousin. all honesty, like, I thought Christina was slash William. William Cena? Christillium? Trying to, like, figure out, like, combine these things. Yeah, well, like... I thought that she was going to ask for something house-related, but the fact that she asked for that seemed like she could have had... Couldn't she have had any black woman just drop that rock into his office? She could have just paid... She could have just paid literally anyone else to do it. Right. If she's so magical that she can, like, make people transform into different people, couldn't she just have done that with someone else? Like, she couldn't... Or could she turn herself into, like, a maid uh, catering this event of the, the cops? That is a great point. I mean, you could say, like, maybe, like, Christina has some kind of, like, spell where she can't enter there. Like, because she never goes inside. So I figured that was, like, sort of, like, what stopped her. William William slash Christina enlists um, Ruby uh, to uh, go into this secret club of Chicago cops uh, to plant, like, a threatening symbol, um, sort of letting the cop, the chief of police who thinks that he killed... William to let him know that in fact um, William's not quite dead. Mm-hmm. Not quite. Yes. Oh wait, we also didn't touch on the fact of like what Ruby found in the sheriff's closet. Right. Just like a a guy that's bleeding out, strung up, uh, you know, um, and uh, unclear exactly what the point of that was or like what they're doing with him. I guess they're well, murdering him and torturing him, but, like, to what end? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, the thing that I felt, like, could be what's happening is if you see the sheriff takes off his shirt um, and kind of reveals that he appears to be sort of, like, Frankenstein together, like, maybe he's using other people's body parts and maybe that man is, like, being harvested. Yeah, he has, like, someone's chest sewn onto his chest. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I think we're probably going to come back into, like, what, you know, why the sheriff has people in that closet. He had someone else in there when Christina was visiting him uh, a week ago. So, yeah, there was someone, like, moaning in the closet. So that was, like, you know, like, like a little, a little, like, you know, there's something going on here moment. And then this week we obviously see that, see that someone was inside. So... I think I'm thinking next week we'll get some payoff and I think the connection will be between him and Hiram who is obviously experimenting on on humans um and 
tying that into his relationship with him. Hiram, the expunged ghost from yes. a couple episodes ago? Yes, exactly. The ghost busted ghost. Got it. Yeah, so, I mean, to that point, I also was, I will, will say, returning to Ruby turning into Hillary, um, when she sees that her boss actually only hired Tamara because he was, like, attracted to her and wanted to, like, make a move on her, when, and he was promptly rejected, she saw, like, the true, like, kind of, like, monster that her boss was and decided to take revenge. And I felt like, one, I thought it was kind of, like, if you could, if all right, in your mind, this time, if you're transforming into a white person who has all these privileges, why is the first thing you want to do work retail? Yeah, I was wondering you about that, too. Here. Yeah, but I guess the, they address that because William says, like, what do you really, or Christina says, what do you really want to be in the scene immediately before she quits and beats up the boss? So maybe maybe it's just like Ruby's thinking about her own aspirations sort of in a more micro way and then uh, Christina sort of tries to prompt her to think differently about them and maybe we're going to see what that looks like in the next episode, I guess. I was a little confused by that too, though, because I don't know. It seemed like... Well, yeah, I think to that point, maybe that planted a seed. Maybe like Ruby's going to turn into like some sort of like black, white superhero, a, a vigilante. That's sort of the role she took on, so maybe she's going to use that white skin privilege to, like, right some other, you know, racist wrongs. I wouldn't, speaking of which, what did you think about her, like, what she did to the the boss? It's pretty brutal, but I mean, I guess the show's pretty violent, so. I mean, two wrongs don't make a right, and I just, I feel like, it, yeah, it was just w- pretty brutal. Like, maybe too brutal, and, like, honestly, I felt, like, maybe a little tasteless. Especially with, like, the, like, so her, what she does um, is she takes her, she seduces her boss as Hillary, then attacks him, and begins to transform back into Ruby. She then assaults him with her high heel shoe, um, and then after, you know, after that, she walks away in these like bloody shoes it was like very like the cardi b playing like all of this was just like again too on the nose and just like a little too melodramatic i don't know like i just wish there had been like a less brutal revenge done that would that could be as effective yeah i'm trying to like be more open to this show in general and just just you know, I don't. I still don't exactly know where they're taking us with everything because the episodes change the stakes from from week to week. So I don't know. Like it seemed like a little out of place with what they'd shown us before. You know, like last week was the Indiana Jones adventure that was like a little violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, they they definitely to your point. Like before, it's been violent, but like kind of like in that Indiana Jones like more campy violence, and this was definitely more like almost saw level in some regards or like an Eli Roth type situation um so yeah that was a little unexpected like tonally I mean and also speaking of unexpected uh Montrose uh hanging out drag queens and embracing his more uh, flamboyant side I will say this also I love Frank Ocean but 
the scene where Montrose and Sammy hook up, I feel like was, again, graphic in a weird way. Yeah, it wasn't like, I don't know if it was, I don't know. I, I thought it was going to try to be like, you know, sort of more like sexy and intimate, but it was like, yeah, like kind of intense. And I just, I feel like it is a little bit weird to also go from like their sex scene, I think almost right away into like Ruby assaulting her boss. So that was like a weird, like, you know, it, I, I don't know how to, how to really say this, but it just, it didn't sit right with me. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, then also like you have Letty hooking up with um, Atticus uh, again, and it's like much like, it's definitely like sexy and like romantic. So it's weird that they like don't do that again with. Montrose's hookup with Sammy. Oh yeah, and I, I'm I'm sorry. As a correction to myself, they actually intercut Montrose, Montrose and Sammy hooking up with Letty and Atticus hooking up. And yeah, I think the juxtaposition is important because, like, if you think about like what's a normalized sexual interaction, it's like Letty and Atticus are sort of like that, like you know, more traditional expression versus like Sammy and Montrose who have to, who sort of like have. Well, don't have to be, but Montrose feels like he has to be more restricted in his love. Like, they don't even take their clothes off, you know? So, I think it was a show that, like, that both father and son are being comforted by their own partners, but in very different ways. Yeah. But then, I'm also wondering, with um, Montrose, like, he murdered uh, kind of a sympathetic character who had been in prison for... I guess centuries in the last episode and then he mm-hmm. destroyed these pages um of Tedus's book uh and you know Atticus is upset with him about it and we don't really understand his motivations exactly for doing so Atticus speculates that it's you know to protect the family and to try to keep them from getting to the wrong hands but um it's it's a pretty hardcore step to take yeah and to that point too it's, like, weird for us to go from, like, okay, we're really upset with Montrose to, like, sort of, like, simultaneously rooting for his, like, coming out party without resolving, like, you know, like you said, like, his motives for doing it. I mean, at this point, I'd almost chalk it up to, like, his own internalized homophobia, maybe. But that also doesn't seem to make any sense in the grand scheme of, like, again, like, like you said, like, the stakes. Like, what are the stakes of this book? Because I feel like he did it in a way that makes it seem like there's something bigger than all this that we don't understand. But then his... Just the way it happened and like the pacing of it makes it feel like we're... Are we never going to talk about this again? Right, yeah. It's weird. I don't know, yeah. So I feel like, again, in this episode, I don't know if things really moved forward with the plot, actually. Like, stuff happened, but really nothing really happened that actually affected anything moving forward. Yeah, I... I don't know, because it's, it's tough, because, like, again, it's I don't know what the exact focus is, right, overall. So, there's plenty of movement, especially with Ruby's storyline, and then with, I guess, the relationship of Atticus and Letty. Um, but not, like, in terms of the overall narrative, it doesn't seem like there's a ton. But at the end, we get that little teaser, uh, Atticus... Figure something out when looking over pictures of the missing pages of Titus's book, 
and he calls his ex-girlfriend uh, mm-hmm. in Korea. And so that, and then she seems to have yeah. warned him yeah. about it. And then that's it. That's kind of, that's the main takeaway that's about this overarching story. I just want to say a, a fun fact on uh, the actress who plays Jia, who we will see in next week's episode, Jamie Chung, was actually in real world San Diego. Oh, really? When I was in middle school. Yeah. So I just, I love, I just love shouting that out. Wow. She's also in the Dragon Ball Z movie, but we don't talk about that. Oh, she was? Yeah. Um, but going back to that, to your point, um, and into next week, it looks like we're going to do a Korea flashback. So we're actually not going to resolve anything from this week's episode next week. So it's going to be like two weeks before we ever get in, you know, get any more moving in our current storyline. Uh, yeah, it's weird because it's like there's some some episodes have like that sense of urgency about the main storyline and then it pauses for two weeks. So I don't know. I guess I'm just, again, trying to be more receptive to where they're taking us um, being more ambiguous and enjoying episode by episode. But it is frustrating. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, again, like with this show, like I'm not trying to take it like, intensely serious you know serious it's this isn't like i almost said game of thrones but game of thrones isn't even like game of thrones but it isn't you know like as far as like it being like an intense narrative or anything like that it just i feel like it's supposed to be more like bubblegum level consumable so but i do wish it had more direction overall yeah and again, like maybe there's this is part of like a, a broader design that we know, you know, and like it'll all become clear later. Mhm. But yeah, these like these divergences are a bit in the moment frustrating because you want to see the bigger picture more, I guess. Mhm. So yeah, I agree. Well, um, any predictions before we? At the end of your wrap-up, you asked, um, what do we think the information that, you know, Christina is William will mean for the relationship of Ruby and William and their arrangement? And uh, <laughs> I have no idea at all. Because, again, because we've just been moved, you know, the, the story keeps moving around, so I, I don't know. I don't know if, it, if it's important that... Um, Ruby is Letty's half-sister and thus has these close ties to Atticus, who's Christina's cousin, uh, you know, with whom she wants to collaborate in search of these pages, or if it's just happenstance, or, and if, if there's, like, some grander design for the arrangement she has in mind, and, and, Uh like, giving her these transformational powers, or, like, what's going on. So, I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, like, a part of me would, would not be surprised if if Ruby returns to the house and, like, never talked about it, like, anything that just happened, or if she does continue to sort of, like, stay with Christina slash William to further, you know, figure out how she can use magic to better her own, her own life. What I wonder is, like, do you think that William and Ruby will continue to, like, be a thing? 
I don't know. And I also don't know why it is a thing. Like, what does it matter if she's these two people, like, ultimately? And is it, like you were saying, like, William is a guy that was murdered, and that's how Christina was able to sort of take his body and incorporate it into her transformations? Or were they always the same person? And, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then, like, what what is her plan? And, like... Does she actually like Ruby, or is she using Ruby um, to get to Letty, to get to Atticus, or... It, it almost... The thing, the thing that makes it, like... I mean, we don't know Christina's master plan, but, it, yeah, again, it seems like it'd be obvious for her to use Ruby to get to Atticus and Letty right away, but maybe there's, like, a few, a few stages of the plan that needs to happen first. What... I will, we, I mean, we do know that, like, in this episode, we did not touch on this yet, but the fact is, like, the way it's difficult to be both a woman and a person of color, it's sort of like, you know, that double disadvantaged, so it's obvious that, you know, the way, same way that Ruby enjoys the privilege of, or enjoys, or not really enjoys, but utilizes the privilege of being a white woman, and Christina does the same thing while she is the form of William to, like, utilize the fact that he's a man. So I think that's ultimately, like, why she is transforming into him. It serves nothing else but the fact that, like, as a man, you can move around a lot more easily in society, especially we know the Sons of Adam, that you can't be a woman and be a part of the, the, the gang. So I think that's why Christina has been leaning into William so hard. The thing I, I find interesting is that why she doesn't just turn to him full time. I don't, yeah, I don't understand. And, like, who's who? Like, is she the core personality or is it William? It seems like it's her because she's, like, presented as the daughter of um, the uh, Sons of Adam guy in a couple episodes ago, so. I want, actually, would, I actually would love the twist that William is actually Christina being William. But that's not possible because we just saw her transform I mean, we assume she's transforming back, but she could have been transforming into Christina. Who knows? Right, exactly, yeah. Who knows? Hopefully all will be revealed. Thank you for jumping on this week's Film Court TV Corner podcast, and we'll catch you guys next time. TV Corner.